All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Let's talk clutter. We are pre-recording this episode this week, and I am here with Bridget. Bridget has been a member of our communities for, I feel like, Bridget, I've seen your name for a really long time. I think you just see it really often. I haven't been a member for more than a couple of months, but I just, I'm on pretty much everything, so... All right. That must be what it is. It's a very familiar yeah. name. I'm so excited to meet you, you know, in person here. <laughs> um, Bridget, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I am a mom of three grown children. One still lives with me. She has special needs. And so she will always live at home. Grandma of four. And I live in central Ohio in an 1890s church that I converted into a home. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's a really cool house and it deserves better than I've been giving it lately. So that's one of the reasons that I uh, went on this journey and found your group. I feel like it must be such a unique living situation, but that also must come with some challenges as it's not set up, you know, originally as a traditional home. Right, right. We have it pretty much set up as a house. My living room is obnoxiously big because that obviously is where the sanctuary was. Um, the, probably the biggest challenges are that I have too much space. And when you have a lot of space, you feel the need to put things in it. And then before I realized it, I just had too much and it was overwhelming me. And so it, because of the size of the house, it just kind of creeped up on me. I didn't realize it until it was too late and it was out of control. Yeah. Having too much space is, can definitely be difficult, especially do you have high ceilings then? I have 17 foot high ceilings in yeah. the living room and most of the rest of them are about 10 feet. I think it's hard like when you have vertical space, scale is really difficult also. So mm -hmm. I can totally see how things can pile up because it, the whole space feels different than what we traditionally see in a home. Right, right. It's kind of an unusual space and I love it. I want it to be my forever home, but I got to the point where I was just like, I, I need to get out of here. I need to walk away from it. And I wanted to, for a minute, I wanted to sell it just because I was so overwhelmed by it. And then I was like, no, this is, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to live. Um, it's up to me to take responsibility and honor the space that I have. I love that point of view. Like it really is. We, it's up to us to honor the space that we have, whether it's a beautiful historical building like you have or a brand new home. And it's up to us to create spaces that we love and that we feel really good when we're in those spaces, but right. it's a hard journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I had last month, I had a dumpster that I had rented for two weeks and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so big. I'm never going to be able to fill that. And it was filled like within three days. So there was just, <laughs> there was like furniture that I wanted to get rid of. Um, I don't have a lot of knickknacks, but I know we talk about the, like the fantasy person that we think we are. And I still... I think, I think with COVID, I had too much free time on my hands because I have everything to make any kind of sourdough bread. I have everything to make any kind of like cut out frosted cookie. I have um, like 
those of you who are familiar with the chalk painting, um, I got involved with one of those companies and I didn't just dip my toe in. It's like, okay, $2,500 worth of chalk paints and stencils and all this kind of stuff. And um, so I haven't done any of it. Plus with the, with the cooking, the, um, I was going to do the cookies and the sourdough bread and all that. I have two kitchens and for God knows what reason I thought I had to have two of everything. So I have two air fryers. Actually I have four because I have two campers and they have kitchens and I, I don't know. It just kind of spun out of control and I was bored and buying and lonely and buying and buying and buying. I think we can all relate to that. And, you know, there's no shame or judgment around this. This is very much part of the process and part of our human nature. I really feel like COVID threw a wrench into a lot of stuff. And so if, in you know, before COVID, we kind of had a tendency for something. All of a sudden it was like, well, I can't go out. I can't do this. So I'm going to dive all into my right. hobbies or what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let us well, know in the I have a lot of... Pardon me. I was just going to say, when we when we're live tomorrow, let us know in the comments what you went all into during COVID. Uh, I always love to hear. I I I got really into sourdough, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I did, and I got the starter going, and it just kept multiplying and multiplying. And I never <laughs> baked bread, never, not once. But I have everything, everything that I could possibly want in order to do it. Um, the strange thing is with COVID. I also gained a lot of weight because um, I'm a stress eater, uh, not from sourdough bread, unfortunately, but um, from everything else. And I just, I never even got COVID, but I had so much anxiety around it and fear about it. And I was a, te I was a teacher, so I was off work. And so I had lots of time to think about it. And it, it just overwhelmed me and paralyzed me. I couldn't get anything done. And I know that we say clutter attracts clutter. It, that's kind of the situation that that I was in. I didn't feel up to taking care of anything, not myself, not my home, you know, not even the things that I love in my house. You know, it just kind of went by the wayside and I kind of wallowed in misery and self-pity, I guess. It can be a, a, a spiral for sure. And we can get into these really yeah. low spots in life. And I've totally been there before as well. Mm -hmm. What um, what has kind of shifted for you, you know, starting to kind of come out of that period? Like, how are you changing things now? Well, I decided that, okay, this is not the way I want to live. It's not really living. You know, I, I hate being at home. I would come home from work and just go to bed because I didn't want to look around my surroundings. Um, I just watch TV and purchase. And it, it got to the point where I was in a job that I didn't like. And so I decided I have to do something. If I want to quit my job, I have to do something. And so it kind of started as, oh, this is my way out. I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to clean my house. And then I kind of gilded myself into, I have to do something every single day, you know, because this is a commitment I made. So I ended up taking a month off and 
I was making great progress. I got a few rooms decluttered. Um, like I said, I filled the dumpster. Things, things were going pretty well. And then after being off only a month, I started a new job this past Monday. And so this week I've been slacking off and I'm like, oh gosh, that marathon is coming just in time <laughs> because I need to get back in the groove of things. I'm not a person who has a lot of routines and habits developed. You know, it's like I I take my anxiety meds once I start feeling a little wiggy, you know, kind of panicky and stuff. That's, that's what reminds me to take my meds. Um, I start doing laundry when I either trip over it or it starts to smell or whatever. There's not something that says, boom, boom, I'm doing this here. I'm doing this here. This is the day I do this. So I'm really, these next four days, I'm working on some, some more solid habits and trying to get the routines established to help carry me through. We've only got about five more weeks of school, six more weeks of school. And when, you know, when we're out of school, I want to kind of hit the ground running and already have the wheels in motion and some of the some of the routines developed that will help sustain me through summer and continuing to make that progress. I think habit development is a huge part of clutter and decluttering. And it's something that's so difficult to build and implement in your life. It's something that I've been working on for a really long time. And I finally feel after after many years, I'm making some headway. But it's definitely, it's it's knowing where to start. And it's like you want to start in the morning, but the morning really starts the night before. So then you have to start the night before. Right. <laughs> Especially, especially when you're working, when, when I was off work there for a month, when I was supposed to be off a year, um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to drink my coffee. And then it like, while my coffee is brewing, I'm going to empty out the dishwasher. And then after I drink my coffee, I'll just kind of hang out until about eight o'clock and then I'm going to start and I start filling the dishwasher. And then, so I had a more established routine that feels like in the morning, even if I get things ready or some things ready the night before and I get up plenty early, I still feel rushed because I have somewhere I have to be, you know, the schedule is set mm -hmm. for me. And so I think that it's important for me that this summer I'm able to set my, set my own schedule. And then, you know, I, I can obviously be flexible, but I think that that kind of personal development and, habit development has to be done prior to starting back in the fall. So it's almost sounds like you resist when other people tell you to be someplace, but if you're left, you, you like the internal accountability, not the external accountability. Yeah. I I guess I never realized that before, but yeah, I, um, I have no problem getting up early. I don't mind getting stuff done, but I mind feeling like I have to, hurry and be somewhere. You know, I want to, if I'm working on my home, I want to be able to wallow around in my home for a little bit and, and then get started. And so that's why it worked out better when I was completely, you know, not committed to leaving for work. And um, by the time I get home from work, cause I'm a teacher again. So by the time I get home from work, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to lay down and rest for a while. And, 
I don't, I don't know if you're the same way I am, but once I do that, I am I'm done. I, <laughs> Working I, the whole day I, is exhausting. I it don't get really back awesome. up. It's like, oh no, no, I'll just kind of, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. The weekend's coming, right? You know, so I think having this four day weekend, um, because I'm off tomorrow and then of course Easter Monday, I think will be great to help me get that pattern reestablished. Bridget, it's so interesting because most people that I talk to do better with a schedule and really flounder without a schedule. So I feel like you're an outlier here, but the key is to understand that, right? Like to understand yourself and then kind yeah. of trick yourself into working with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I will make, I will make a schedule on the days I'm off. I actually, I, I have my to-do list. Sometimes I even put the times, you know, eight, eight, o'clock I'm going to do this nine o'clock I'm doing this and so I'm not schedule resistant I'm somebody else's schedule resistant which is <laughs> which is weird because I'm not the type of person that's confrontational or hard to get along with or you know somebody can tell me what I need to do and I'm like okay and I'll do it but it just for some reason I think probably because time is so precious that I want to completely control how I use it and I wasn't using it well. And then I started using it well. And there's a little bit of resentment. I'm, I'm so happy, though, that um, the job that I took is something that I definitely wanted. But it's just getting back in the swing of things because it's the first week. So I'm hoping that. Oh, yeah. You no, know, I level out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I teach middle school, so y'all know. You know how that is. <laughs> I have a middle schooler, so I do have a sense of the unique challenges that middle school teachers face yeah. today. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's like the benefit of decluttering is that if you can get really decluttered and you come home and you're totally exhausted, there's not that much to take care of. So <laughs> right. that's like a good motivator, right? <laughs> right. And at least like in the morning when I'm trying to get everything done before I have to leave, you know, like even just like getting dressed and, and trying to get out the door, I know where stuff is. So I can tell a big difference. It's like, oh, my lunchbox is going to be here. You know, the um, the glass storage containers to pack stuff in, It's they're going to be here. And so I have that kind of settled out and it makes it so much nicer. I'm not running around, you know, aimlessly wondering if I even have something anymore because I've I've laid my hands on it. I know what's here. I know what's not. I know where I put it for the most part. It sounds like you got so much done during that month that you were at, well, chose not to have a job. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I got the upstairs done. I'm in the basement right now. Um, and down here was like the original little church kitchen. And so I have some work to do in here and some, you know, some laundry that needs folded and put away and, and things like that. But the upstairs where I spend most of my time. Um, I pretty much have that done. I got rid of, oh my gosh, couches and chairs and um, cabinets and just so many things that I didn't need. The only, I do miss one thing. I know they say, <laughs> I know a lot of people are worried about like regret and I, I threw away thousands of items and I only miss one thing. And that is uh, the behind the sofa table because now mm -hmm. I go to put my coffee up there. And the other day I actually like dropped it because I'm just such, 
didn't have, that's a habit I do have, not one I necessarily need. I went to put it back on the sofa table and it just like fell right to the ground and, and dumped. So a little mess to clean up, but it is so worth it. I feel so much more comfortable in my surroundings. Uh, I feel happier. I don't feel quite so aggravated and short with the people around me. So it's, it's made a huge difference. I am sure there's going to be questions about the process that you, so you got a dumpster, but so how was that process? Like, do you have advice for other people who are looking for a dumpster? And then once you get the dumpster, how do you get all that furniture out of your house? Like what strategies did you use? Well, we actually, we had one item. It was, it was an antique piano, which I would have loved to kept, but it was just too damaged. It was, it just deteriorated, legs falling off and that kind of stuff. And the, the couch I was able to get out with help, you know, but, um, that piano was heavy. Pianos are heavy. And I won't lie. We, we saw all of the part we had to, <laughs> and then took it out in pieces. Um, but most of it, you know, I just did it in little chunks. I tried not to overwhelm myself. Um, I knew that if I injured my back, I would stop and not accomplish my goal. So that's why I was glad that they rented it for a total of two weeks. So, I mean, I could just go out and kind of onesie twosie throw things. It's, it was in my driveway and I have a side deck that, that leads out to my driveway. I'd be throwing things across the deck and, <laughs> and getting them in there. Even individual things that aren't in bags, you know, I just, just to get them out of the house because it's like, this doesn't need to be here. No, this doesn't need to be here. But, um, I gave away some of my, like some of my totes I filled with stuff and I just throw the whole tote out and I tried to save myself some of the steps going up and down. But I think the, the best advice would be, uh, be patient with yourself, get help for the, for the larger items and make sure that you take full advantage of it. Um, you will probably need a larger dumpster than you think you need. I went ahead and got the biggest one just just because I knew I had a lot of stuff, but I doubt if there's anybody that says, Oh, this dumpster was too big. It was just way too big. Um, most people probably would regret getting a small one and then not having, you know, I still have stuff where it's like, God, I wish I still had that dumpster, but, um, they're not real cheap. It was like 400 in Ohio it was 439 for two weeks. And it was a large, it was a pretty large dumpster. So, I, it was well worth it for me because, oh my gosh, I had to pay the thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars to get that stuff out of my house. You know, I, I mean, I think it's all relative with the price because if you had to move all that stuff out of your house on your own without the dumpster, it would have probably ended up costing you more in oh, time yeah. and money, right? Um, yeah, it's. I think it's worth biting the bullet and getting the dumpster if you have a lot of stuff, especially furniture that you really cannot do anything with. We um we renovated our house during COVID and our furniture was like in tatters, like it was not salvageable whatsoever. And we also saw sawed it to get it out of the house into the dumpster. Yeah, that's I mean, a solution. <laughs> it was kind of fun actually. But you know, like when things are yeah. totally at the end of their life cycle, there's no way that anyone is gonna use it again. You know, getting a dumpster just makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, and I'm in the, I'm in the prioritize your sanity group and I, 
I told the people in the group that I always thought of, you know, buying things as, oh, I'm rewarding myself, that that kind of stuff. And I, I actually remember saying out loud, why have you punished yourself like this? You deserve better. And I actually, I kind of said it to my Jesus window because I have stained glass, <laughs> but I just was like, I was like, help me try to figure this out. And I, um, and I'm, I'm not even incredibly religious, honestly. I, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really religious, but I was just, I need help wherever I can find it. And it's like, wow, I really saw it for, I finally saw it for what it is. I'm not rewarding myself by bringing more things into my life. And I deserve to live in an environment that, that nurtures me. And at one point this place was like that. And then, you know, just kind of odds and ends things started happening and like the roof started leaking and then some of the drywall got damaged. And then it's like, if you have kind of a, a peeling nasty wall, you don't feel like, vacuuming or you know it just it's so it, true it you want to take care of all that was rolling downhill totally yeah, it was totally yeah i'm so it's so much easier for me to clean a space that's already clean that just needs a couple of things put away because then i want to take it back to how it was like 10 minutes ago but when i have a room that's just meh i'm so unmotivated to do anything with it yeah my i think my outlook has has changed a lot. I'm looking forward to spending time in the house and getting the rest of it done. Um, we do a lot of like camping in the summer and, and some boating in the summer. And I always look forward to that, but I'm like, wow, I just want to just, I have a job here that I need to do. And so I'm going to be a little more, um, not, not combative, but resistant to leaving and going on vacations because this it's where I want to be here. Imagine you know? vacationing so, in your own house, waking up and feeling like this is exactly where I want to be. Yeah. And I, I do have to admit, I brought in one of those zero gravity loungers I bought and, it, and it's on the deck just waiting for me for the weather to get better. And that's where I'm going to take my breaks. Um, hey, listen, I think mindfully buying stuff is very different from, you know, just kind of sitting and scrolling and buying everything that comes like come, making yeah. a purchase that, you know, you're going to love and use is such a different thing. That is a true reward for yourself. Yeah. Unlike the just buying and buying and buying, which ends up not being rewarded. You know, they, they always talk about like money can't buy happiness and just incessant shopping doesn't buy happiness either. It takes you away from the things that are important in your life. And, you know, I, I won't lie. A lot of it was fast fashion. Um, a lot of like small kitchen appliances, just random stuff that I had so many multiples of. I think I have like five almost brand new neutral bullets because it's like, Ooh, that color's pretty. That color's pretty. They didn't have that color last season. And it's just, just dumb stuff that I didn't really want or need, but I was trying to fill a void with the, with stuff and with the wrong things. Um, and I was afraid of like facing what was really going on in the world and just kind of bringing 
bits and pieces of things in the world that that I knew I liked into my life. And then they became a burden. Yeah. It's so crazy how it all manifests in your life like that. How are you feeling now? Are you like about like world situation or are you kind of at peace a little bit or is this, or how are you handling the stress of ongoing world situations? I guess. Oh my gosh. I know it's, it's constant, (laughs) you know, gosh, I feel like I'm dealing with clutter and I can deal with the other stuff too. I even like clutter is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with. Realizing that I was hoarding things. Um, it got to the point where my son stopped by unexpectedly. My, and he's like 26 years old. I, Love, love my boy to death. He only lives about, he lives a, almost an hour away from me. And he just swung by the house. And I greeted him by saying, what are you doing here? Let, just because I was so embarrassed and I was so humiliated um, that my concern about the house took precedence over the happiness I should have felt at seeing him. And that that was a real eye opener for me. It's like you are you have gotten to the point where you don't even want your family around. And I I know that there's not supposed to be any shame about clutter, but it was just hard for me to let him see me in those circumstances because I don't think that he. I see him on a regular basis, but he literally probably hadn't been to my house for a couple of years. Um, I always would go to his or I'd be like, oh, yeah, meet me at such and such restaurant. And he goes, you sure you don't want me swing by and get you? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And just being at the point where you don't want your family around because it hurts your heart to know that they that they know and that they won't be they won't feel comfortable in that environment. You know, my kids don't live like that. They weren't, they didn't grow up like that and they're not used to it. Um, So I wanted to do better, wanted to be better. And I think that it's starting to make other things in life fall into place for me. I, yes, I hear this a lot, right? One, we, we deal with that, we tackle our clutter and it empowers us in so many other ways. It, It empowers us over our emotions. It opens up doors that were not open before, like literally and figuratively. And it's a really powerful story that you just shared, Bridget. That's, clutter is so isolating and it can change our relationships so easily. And it's, I mean, it's such an honor to talk to somebody who recognized that and then took action. Yeah, well, and I think though that it's just, it's such a cycle because the, the clutter isolates you and then you're lonely. And I did a lot of online shopping, like home shopping network, you know, that, the hosts of that were my friends, you know, that's who I kind of hung out with. And then I would order stuff and, and they would send it to me. And that was the only, I felt like that was the only interaction that I had. And, you know, then it became more isolating. So it kept getting worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So we are near the end of our half an hour. Um, I feel like I could oh, talk really? to you. Oh, really? All right. Okay. 
<laughs> do you, I like to end with, um, what is your best piece of advice for somebody who is either just starting out or is stuck right now? Just Amber, Amber says like, just reach out low hanging fruit. Um, just touch something and make a decision. And that's the only thing you can do. It does get easier. Oh my gosh, it does get easier, especially once the pile starts to go down, you feel so empowered to take more and more steps. Absolutely. Just start, just start with something easy. It's such powerful advice. And of course we love Amber too. (laughs) Bridget, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know that it is going to definitely impact other people. And I'm really grateful that you were able to join the podcast and hang out with me tonight. Um, Just thank you. It's been so nice getting to know you a little bit more. You as well. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Happy Easter, everyone. (laughs) Happy Easter, everyone. (laughs) Bye for now. Bye-bye.